0: Welcome to the only podcast for piano teachers just starting out, Piano Teacher Primer. My name is Angela Toon. Keep listening for the prime pro tips you can use with your own students right away. Hello from snowy Utah. It is a snow day today. We've got piles of snow outside and my kids are all home from school today. So wish us all luck that I won't get interrupted. If I do, I'll just pause really quick. So today, three tips for recital planning. I have a recital with my students next week, so this is top of mind for me. Um, I have a whole video about recital planning, and it walks you through the whole process of why, when, how, and where. But for this podcast, I have three tips for you, and then you can check out the Piano Teacher Primer course for the full version. First tip, plan three months in advance. Tip number two, teach the whole experience. I'll explain what that means. And number three, change it up make it fun for you. So number one, plan three months in advance, maybe longer because the music store I use to schedule my recitals, they plan, they schedule six months in advance. So if you need to pick a place like that and they fill up, then you'll need to plan the date ahead of time. And if you like themes, you might want to plan out the theme earlier too. But I choose the students' pieces about three months in advance. And again, this is a little bit flexible depending on the level of the student. Little beginners, like under the age of eight or even if they're Beginners at any age they may learn their pieces too fast So we take that into account and wait on those littles so that they're good at their pieces But they're still fresh and they're not too bored of them or they're not playing them three times faster than they need to go so it's good to have that that balance of fresh and good and polished I would rather have them over polished though rather than cramming and under polished so start way in advance and especially with the older kids start maybe even sooner than three months in advance so that's just kind of an average I guess communicate with the parents way in advance also like right after as soon as I know the date well, maybe not that far. Just after the recital is passed, I start advertising the next one. So you can communicate with your parents so they can get it in their calendars and they can plan around it. And then for your own planning, from that recital date, count back. So if you count back like two months, you as a guideline for to all the students to have their pieces learned, let's say, And then two weeks from the recital, everybody memorized or whatever you're comfortable with in your studio. And then a week ahead, I start working on the printed program. So I put these things in my calendar um, months and weeks out from that recital date. And then it helps me stay with what's going on. Um, And I recommend having a nice place for the recitals. I used to have them in my mom's home. She has a nice piano and a good-sized space. Um, If one of your students has a nice home and the piano is nice and tuned, then you could have the recital in a home, Uh, depending on how much space you need. There's libraries, but check and make sure that they tune the piano and they keep it up to date or just up to par for you. But libraries, and sometimes libraries are free. So check into that. I use a music store and I do pay for the rental of the place. So I know that it's a dedicated space. It's nice. There's going to be plenty of room. I know the piano is going to be tuned and in great shape. So it's sometimes worth it to pay for a place. And then I just raise my prices accordingly. Some teachers do a recital fee and charge the families extra. But I feel like I'd rather have as many families come to the recital as they can and I could see some families if they had to pay extra. No, we won't worry about it. Plus my kid gets nervous, but it's really good for them. So, let's let's keep doing recitals and I recommend not doing a recital fee. So, but whatever works for you. And then, second tip, teach the whole experience, not just the note playing. But everything before and during and after performing. So I'll say what I mean by this and what different things we're talking about, and then I'll say why and in what, and in what context you can teach these things to your students. So when preparing for a recital, I expect an extra level of polish. Um, the tempo, maybe up to closer to where, is recommended the dynamics at a higher level. Um, some of the weekly pieces in method books, I maybe don't require as significant of dynamic changes, but we get really deep into the dynamics and the musicality. Um, imagery, maybe thinking of a story that this piece tells, just depending on the student and if they're creative uh, in that way. And also, these things can help with memorizing. Uh, so So I recommend that my students memorize their pieces. Recommend. I have my, there's my doorbell. Okay, that was my daughter's friend playing the snow with me. So we got her ready and out the door. Where were we? Recitals and having an extra level of polish. Oh yes. Another thing that you can do is have performances before the actual recital. And actually, this recital that is coming up for me next week is in preparation for the Solo Federation Festival coming up. And so it's also another recital to help before the big event. And just having lots of performances helps to work out those little bugs, especially if the kids are memorizing You can have them perform lots of different times. I have a little paper that I give each student and it just has five numbers on it. And they can get five signatures or if they don't have the paper with them, they can have five different people listen to their pieces like 5 different performances and i try to encourage them to do 5 different pianos but not required and then they can earn a treat. I know some teachers do 10 different performances on 10 different pianos. It's so awesome to have them do lots of performances before the actual event. And then how you can practice teaching the the whole experience. So we talked about polishing the piece during um, but the before, during, and after, here's what I mean. Announce your, clearly. And different teachers have different ways of announcing. Some announce the name, some don't. Composer, title. I think it's good for, for the students to announce something. And it also increases their stage presence and it helps them in their life when they need to speak in front of a crowd or Make a presentation. So have them announce clearly. And they, you do, you teach them to practice the announcing. They not only need to practice their notes that they're playing, they need to practice what they're going to say also. And then I teach them to have their hands in their lap and take a deep breath before starting. And that helps to calm them down and clear their mind. And then once they start their piece, I teach them to keep going the whole time. And at home, practice Performing. I tell them, get your stuffed animals and line them all up and practice performing in front of them. There's practicing where you stop and fix, very important to do. Yes, all the time. And add to it practice performing where you practice continuing on even if you make a mistake. If there's a memory slip, try to skip to the next section and that brings up if the students are memorized having starting places for older students is very helpful so that they can jump to the beginning of the next section if they really are for forgetting something and can't go on then they can jump to a beginning of a section very nearby and then when they finish the piece i teach them that their final gesture the way they lift the notes matches the character of the piece so if it's an exciting piece i have them explode off the keys i learned this from my high school teacher bonnie winderton and she would just say explode off or lean in push off another bonnie ism for you uh, and then if it's a, it's a lyrical piece or a soft piece, then a slow lift of the keys and arching the hands. toward And these things might sound kind of like fluff or not as important as the notes that you play, but I believe it's part of the whole package. It's the bow on top of the present. It, there's always room for a bow. So if you have your final gesture matching the character of the piece, and then take a bow. And I teach my students how to bow. And a lot of the girls that are in dance or things will try to curtsy and the boys will sometimes be silly or try to do it really fast. Or so I teach them a professional piano bow. And this is from my elementary school teacher, um, my elementary school years piano teacher, um, Patricia Graham. And she taught us a professional piano bow, arms down to sides and not too fast and down and up. And I have a violin teacher that I have worked, that I've accompanied her students. And she has her students say in their mind, snuffle up a And that helps the bow not to be too fast. I tell my students to think in their mind, I love my toes. I don't know how many of them actually do that. But just, or I've also heard down for three counts, up for two. So just these things to help slow them down. Help it look professional and not make them look like they're in a tuxedo or they're curtsying in a tutu, but it's just a nice professional piano bow. And I drill this into my students so much. Why do we bow, kids? And they all come back. It says thank you to the audience. So it's a thank you for coming. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for the applause that you're giving right now. And if you don't acknowledge the audience with a bow, then it just seems pointless for you to just run off the stage. So no matter what happens in your piece, smile and bow. And I joke that in my studio, smiling is required. So we have some group masterclasses before the actual recitals and i'll teach this to all the kids at once that are in that i guess not my whole studio can fit in one group class that would be a recital (laughs) but i have some smaller groups and with all those kids together i'll teach them all of these things and practice them and if they don't announce clearly or they say i'm a lot i'm like announce again and if they don't bow then i say take a bow and if they do it silly i'm like do it again so we, we practice and practice the Whole experience, not just the notes. And finally, with recitals, change it up. Make it fun for you as a teacher. And sometimes the themes that I choose make it a little bit harder than I thought. <laughs> I sometimes get myself into these situations, but it's always a fun experience, even if it's a lot of work for me. So, And with these recital themes, I'm always looking for new ideas for recitals. So share your favorite recital ideas on my Instagram, or if you're listening on Spotify, there's a Q&A section. So I'd love to hear your recital ideas, themes, things you've done growing up, things that you've heard of, things that you've done as a teacher. So I'll just list a few ideas here. And again, there's more in the Piano Teacher Primer course, but this is just a few to get you started. Holidays like Halloween. I love Halloween recitals. And I love them because we can do little kid Halloween pieces, but then the older Uh, students, the more intermediate and advanced students can play like a spooky minor classical piece. And it's very exciting. Christmas recitals are always fun. Uh, I did recently duets and donuts. It was so fun. We had, I paired up all the students with somebody else in my studio, and we had all duets, made the recital go quick, and Krispy Kreme actually donated some of the donuts. And we just had donuts after it was a ball. I did one time a family reunion. This was a duet recital, but it was other instruments or family members singing. So I had him bring a family member and we planned a musical number to go with that person. And again, sometimes this takes extra planning for me and extra... Figuring out of things, but that was a really fun one because we had some extended family involved. And then what is it? It's practice accompanying. Anyway, I wasn't going to go into this much detail on each one, but it's so fun. You could do a, mu- a movie music recital. Some of those John Williams are fantastic pieces. And, and again, you could do all levels with that. You could highlight a certain composer or a st- certain style a certain musical period, or I've even done around the world. And each student had a different country. Well, we had some repeats and then they would, I had them each share a little something about their country and they, or they brought a, some, artifact or a picture or something from their country. Again, I was like, what did I do to myself with that one? But it was such a fun trip around the world. So I I could see doing that one again. And I hardly ever repeat, it's so funny. I'm like, I gotta think of something new. Creativity recital, I could go on and on. So I'll let you go, but you guys, have so much fun. Let's review what our three tips are. Plan way ahead in advance and giving the students their pieces in advance. Number two, teach the whole experience, the before and the during and the after performing. They gotta practice that so it doesn't mess them up. And then number three, change it up, make it fun for you, whatever way that looks like. Final, final suggestion. If you have not heard of canva.com, there's templates in there and it makes your printed programs or invitations or however fancy you wanna get with it, makes it way easier. I almost forgot to mention that. And finally, March is starting, so you can use the code BIRTHDAY10, B-I-R-T-H-D-A-Y, number 10, for $10 off the Piano Teacher Primary Course only for the month of March in honor of my birthday. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. This gives you the motivation you need to teach your own students and teach them well. I have more resources for beginning piano teachers, including an online course that I made with my own students in mind. It's also called the Piano Teacher Primer. Just head to my website, angelaTune.com. That's T-O-O-N-E. Together, we'll change the world one student at a time.